right, fine. I'll give you another one, man. It's pretty easy, okay? I don't know who. I don't know what my future holds, but I know who holds my future. Okay. Oof. Mm-hmm. Oof. But they ain't here anymore. Okay, well that don't have to settle the score. If you sing it, then it makes it. <laughs> it makes it obvious that it makes it obvious that we all live under the rain of one king. I just wanted to check. That was just me trying to test you to see how much I can fuck with you by how much you know about Creed. <laughs> We're here with Brendan Finity of the Wild Wild World. Adventures. Yes. Zero, right here in my hometown in Jackson, Michigan. Welcome. <laughs> nice to have you here. Obviously, um, Brendan and I go way, way back um, to fourth grade. In fact, we were in the same fourth grade class when I moved back into this town. Um, and we've known each other ever since. Ever since I've known Brendan, he wanted to be, he wanted to work with animals. Was it always a zoo, though? Was it always like yeah. a zoo? It's, I mean, it's been a zoo from day one. I mean, there was never any wavering there, and it was to, to own one and do my own thing and kind of do everything that way. <laughs> and then, like, what? when did that actually become a thing? Because I know for a while after high school, it was just like you were doing whatever, like the rest of us. I know you were working at Best oh, Buy yeah. and shit like that, but I know it was kind of building up in the background because even when I came visited... Like, your crib just, like, have beers. He had, like, way too many fucking animals. Well, like you said, it was, it was always <laughs> not fun. too many. But like, you, but, like, it's like it's not a zoo at that point, but he's, like, nearing, like, an attractions level of animals just as pets, though. Yeah, it was getting a little bit dangerous there at one point. In the trailer? Stores. Yeah. When, when you had a trailer and you had, you know, a two-bedroom trailer and you had your bedroom and the other room was literally the animal room. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, it really started to come to fruition in 2012. Um, I was in college, and I went and saw an animal program at a library. I had a day off of work, and uh, I was with my girlfriend, and my wife, and I said, "No, I could do this." And she's like, "Well, you know, go go ask me about a job. Why not?" And uh, I worked with them for about a year and a half, two years almost. Saved enough money, and then in uh, July of 14. I called her up on a Sunday. I said, look, I'm quitting. We're doing this our way, and we're starting a business tomorrow. I said, I'm opening a zoo. <laughs> That's always been the most commendable thing because a lot of people, like, there's been so many times I personally was working someplace and was like, I could probably just do this better on my own, but then never put forth to effort, <laughs> you know, to actually do that. Any restaurant right. I've worked at at some point, I'd be like, you know what? I could make a better menu, man. <laughs> but it's like I'm not out here making my own fucking restaurant or anything like that. Um, obviously, he didn't go. You didn't go to school for what were you in college for? Um, just general biology. I was actually working towards getting a job in uh, like working um, for the DNR. The DNR. So kind of with animals, but more you know, essentially driving around and bitching at people for going too fast on their speedboat. Let's be honest, and being a glorified. <laughs> And being a glorified oh, cop. Oh, that sounds like a job for me, man. Just being a glorified old man. Yeah, just just curmudgeon. for being an old man. That's awesome. You just upset with people for no reason. <laughs> That's basically um, what neither the DNR is. So I, I'm I'm actually not familiar with the DNR. So that was going to be my question. It's, uh, with what is it? That's the Department of Natural Resources. Um, gotcha. Should I know that? Is that something that I should know? Are you in Michigan? I'm not. No, he's in. Not, uh, no. He's in Massachusetts. It's one of those things that's no, like. No, it's uh, your version of fish and wildlife. 
Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I got those. Like, I'm I'm in an area where I actually have those swarming all over. Yep. Because there's like salmon that run and and uh. Yep. You know all the areas are stocked around here, so I'm I'm in an area in Massachusetts where I actually see a lot of like fish and game officers. Yeah. yeah so we have fish and game here, but they're like super non-existent. So the Department of Natural Resources, it's state funded, does so much more than they do here. But so everybody says that though, like, what the hell is the DNR? And I'm like, well, if you're not from Michigan. You probably don't have it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, it's yeah. like we have Secretary of State, and everybody's like, what the hell is Secretary of State? And you're like, oh, well, it's the DMV. Yep. It's the same thing, but different. Wait, the Department of Motor Vehicles is a Secretary of State yes. in Michigan? Yes, yep. we, yeah, we go to Secretary of State. We don't have a DMV over here. Sounds like so much more official. It is. Is it as annoying? Is it as annoying, or is it more annoying because it sounds more official? Um... I feel like I feel I think they cover more shit, so it's more annoying. Like I think that it's, you're going to take longer at the uh, at the Secretary of State, probably. It's like you see in the movies. It, it really is, where you go there and you sit there for three hours, and then it closes, and you have to come <laughs> back the next day. <laughs> yeah, that's basically. Well, I mean, not not so much right now, because you know COVID and all that. It's a little bit different, but it's still. So it sounds like then. You kind of like dodged a bullet there, man, because it sounds like you could have been working for like one of these state agencies. Oh, and, I, I dodged know. a massive bullet. I would have been unhappy and been a prick with a badge. <laughs> what other jobs did you have after high school? Oh, God, let's think. So I started out at Target, left Target, went to Hollywood Video. <laughs> oh, yes, dude. I have not heard that in so long. Yeah, we had a whole conversation about video store. Oh, we had a whole conversation Hollywood on the video. podcast about why the hell Family Video is still open. Because they started selling um, cannabis and CBD. weed. Yeah. I said it's a front. I think they're actually selling, like, hard drugs. <laughs> well, they were also the only yes, one who kept definitely. their porn section. So. Oh, they did? Yeah. Wait, they have a porn section? Whole, I feel like that's not, I feel like that's no, why they stuck no. around for longer. Like that's why they lasted longer. That but wasn't at this in point, the news article. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't in the news article. No, that, was, that was not in the news article. It's for the people who don't know how to use the internet. So they still go to Family Video and rent porn. <laughs> yeah, that's so bad. You didn't rewind didn't it, that, sir. They didn't have that at Redbox either. That was the other thing. You couldn't it's get like, porn at Redbox. Like, imagine, imagine fucking like, Redbox is fucking. I don't know. There's some sticky movie stuck in the Redbox, and I can't rent it. Anything. It's, they, need to, they need to rebrand it a flesh box. And come out like, <laughs> this has come out with like a porno version of it. I guarantee that would be hot fire. Uh, so after you said like Target, you like a Hollywood video. Hollywood video. Um, and then it was at the movie theater for three years. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Oh, yeah. He worked with another friend of ours at the movie theater. And I have gone to the movie theater maybe once since she stopped working there because once you get used to free movies at the oh, movie yeah. theater it's really it's hard to pay it's really it yeah. really was hard to go back to paying because it used to be our friend like would like i used to be like nervous about it like what you can just like get us in for free do i gotta like come in the back door or like where do we go and she's like no nah, just walk in the front and i'll take you into the movie theater I'm like, okay, because she's the manager of the whole theater. And then we would, like, walk in, wait in line to get a ticket, and people would get mad because the manager would just walk out and escort us to the movie without any ticket. Like, she would pull us out of the ticket line, and then she would cut in front of, like, we'd cut in front of the whole line where you, like, actually get in, and she'd just be like, go watch what you want to watch. And that was it. And I was like, oh, sweet. And we'd always get side-eyed for that. But ever since then, I haven't been able to go back. I remember when you were working there. Oh, yeah, dude, that's me. Like, I'll go 
rarely now. Just like, for that same reason. Yep, I can't justify it. The last thing that it we saw, me off. the last thing we saw was the 3D re-release of Jurassic Park, the first one. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's it was terrible. <laughs> it's classic. I mean, they it you know they classic. shouldn't have you know they shouldn't have uh, they shouldn't have played God and all that, but they treated the animals relatively nice. That's true. Do you do any like genetic testing or like any try to, try to make any animal hybrids much like they did at all or anything like that? No, I uh, after I finished college, I didn't take enough uh, microbiology <laughs> stuff to quite get into that level of the uh, you know. You haven't gone looking for like mosquitoes and amber or anything. No, like that? I did contemplate making like a hybrid beaver, you know, dragonfly, but that's an interesting cross that's right cool. there. That is cool. Now, would it have the body of a dragonfly with, like, the, you know, personality traits of a beaver? Or, like, how would that be chopped up? I was thinking, like, you know, just a flying beaver. Oh, like a tiny <laughs> little flying beaver? <laughs> no, no, no. We're talking, like, a normal-sized beaver with dragonfly, like, six-foot oh, wings. damn. All right. That's actually terrifying. <laughs> that's actually terrifying. If, if, so we need to get this man some more space again so he can make that, a po- that fucking reality, dude. I want to see flying beavers. We need to get a hold of the sci-fi channel because this is this is movie. <laughs> so, so the three years of the movie theater, that goes straight into working for whoever at the no, other that zoo? No, that, that would have taken us to uh, 2010. And then I got a job at Menards. Oh, yeah, Menards was there for a little bit. I remember that. I was a... I think it's probably around the time you were at Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. Yep, I was. Uh, yeah, I was at Toys and R Us. Then, yep, uh, around 2009. Then I went to Rose City Motors and sold used cars for six what? months. I didn't even know you were a used car salesman. Oh, dude, it was so bad. I, oh. I was really good at my job, but God, I fucking hated it. Yeah, that's, most, that's was, a bad job, man. Selling cars, selling used job. cars. Yeah. And then I mean, it's the people you have to deal with, and not only that, but like having to go into work every day and like. Feeling like you get to depend on making a sale or something yeah, in order the, yeah, for you to pay yeah, the bills. Yeah. Com- commission is a, a stressful environment. Yep. It seems like it's really nice because when you do get good at it, you you are you know you're doing pretty well. It's and it depends on you, which is also a cool thing. I like jobs that depend on my output. You know, I like the fact that I can that my personal work can speak for itself because most places you get caught in some place where you can work your ass off and it's not necessarily that, but how much ass you kiss as far as getting to the next level. And if your numbers speak for themselves in a commission job, you're generally going to make your way up. However, if you don't get to that point, holy shit, man. When they, when you don't hit like a commission quota and they come sit you down for an evaluation, that shit is stressful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we went from selling used cars to I got a seasonal job originally at Best Buy. Didn't get kept on after the year. Um, then got a job at the shitty... Uh, pet store right here on Michigan Ave. Oh, you mean right over? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you ever worked there. Oh, well, I was only there for four months. Because it is I... a shitty. It's like a pet closet. It's not even like it's the tiniest. <laughs> it's the tiniest. Pet I got. Store. I got fired. I got fired from there because <laughs> I. Well, no. Hear me out. Hear me no, out. No, I know it's it's the craziest thing that they would find. Like because I'm sure because I wouldn't sell to people. There were some people that you were like, nah, dude, you, you don't fucking cut I mean, off. You go, cause I, mean, I mean, it's it's a, it's a shitty pet store. I mean, they, they're selling, you know, reticulated pythons that get 20 feet long, and I'm, I got 16-year-old kids. That's respectable, kids. man. Yeah. That's actually really respectable. 16-year-old kids coming in. I want to buy that snake. 
well, you can't have yeah. this snake. Yeah, you're not. It's going to grow up and kill you. <laughs> you can't. And the pet yeah. store you know is what? like, what these people do with their animals when they leave. I'm like, no, that's that's fucking unethical. Yeah. I'm that's, like, that's dude. not right. So they fired me right. after four months. Wow. I mean, you know what, man? I actually like, I actually respect that. And I have a story to add to that because uh, my friends and I, we were sitting there one day on the couch and uh, he had this like uh, built-in fish tank in the wall and like the fish died, something happened. I don't know. He ended up having to drain it, but it was, so it was just basically like this empty enclosure in a wall. And he's like, dude, it'd be so dope if we had an alligator in that fish tank. And someone was like, yo, I know we can get an alligator in Rhode Island. So we fucking drove to Rhode Island and we bought an alligator and a carpet python. And like we fucking, they give, they basically just give us this alligator in a burlap sack. And, you know, we end up bringing it back uh, home. And like first thing that happens is like we hop out of the car, we pull this alligator out of the burlap sack. And someone puts their nose right up to the alligator and the thing just latches oh straight onto the kid's nose. Been there. I never had gotten bit in the face personally, but I've seen people do it. You so have, I'm, don't you have one? I have five. He has five alligators. I have so that's where, and I bet you that's where Wally ended up was with someone like you, man. You know, we would dumb, dumb, never should have fucking bought it. But at the at the end of the day, the guy at the store should have been like, no, I'm not selling you guys this alligator. Where are you going to keep this alligator? Like, what are you going to do with it? Do you understand that it's going to get this big? And why the fuck do you need a carpet python too? That's you know? the, like, I think that's the issue the? with. That's the issue with pet stores in general. And that's the issue with animals for profit in general. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You're going to run into people that are just It's a terrible gonna... industry, and it's, uh, I call it eyes bigger than your stomach syndrome. Yep. And uh, yeah. you're, you, you have so many people who buy an animal and be like, for the first two months, they want to show off to everybody. And then they'll put the picture on Facebook, and as soon as those likes start dropping, <laughs> you'll go on to the first sale groups. I can no longer have this animal, but I'm willing to trade it for something different. Yep. Yeah, and you see yeah, lots of as yeah. I say, you see constantly on, on you know, on his pages you see like, Hey, can any you know, anybody you know, looking to rehome this or stuff like that, so and so has it and you see him you know, you do lots of that kind of work at least as far as moving them from one place to another. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll help you with you know, dogs and cats and shit, you know, but it's like I'll get on these, you know, for sale Facebook pages, and I, I'll get tagged in every alligator. And usually I can talk to people. I can like, look, you know what? I can get an alligator for free. I don't need this animal. Mm. But I know if I don't give you something, you're going to sell it to someone, and this thing's going to end up dead. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to fuck around and get the laws changed, and it's going to come back and bite me in the ass. Mm-hmm. Because people are just not taking care of that shit, and then when those yeah. things get let loose or something, you know. Well, we had, God. what, nine last year? Nine that were just cut loose? Yeah, there were nine loose alligators in the state of Michigan last year. Wow. They were catching them all over the place. And Can I, you purchase them in Michigan? Yes, they are completely legal to own. They are trying to pass legislation right now to make it illegal to own them for everyone. It's, I feel like it should be. I mean, I don't, I, you know, like after seeing firsthand of what it's like for someone to own an alligator and exactly what you said. I mean, we were doing this before Facebook, so it was more no. like, you know, just parties and, and bringing them out places that probably fucking shouldn't have had an alligator, you know. My biggest um, thing is I've said, I, I'll say this, <laughs> I think anybody should own any animal they want if they can prove they can take care of it. Yeah, absolutely. And you, yeah, need, yeah. And you need to have a permit system. And, and the best example yeah. I use, you know is I know dumb motherfuckers who shouldn't be allowed to keep a rock in their house in a fish tank. But if Jeff 
how the hell do you say it? Guy who owns Amazon's last name. Be- Bezos. Bezos, Coast, whatever. I respect you so much more now that you can't say his last <laughs> name. Seriously, my respect just jumped for you tenfold. But um, I've said to everybody, I'm like, you know, if he wanted to come out and be like, you know what, I'm going to build a $10 billion tiger exhibit in my backyard, and I'm going to hire a tiger expert to run it, there's no reason he shouldn't be able to. But you have yeah. to be able to prove that you're capable of doing it <laughs> And then you have other people who I don't trust to have a beta fish they bought from Walmart for five bucks. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because it doesn't really matter what the animal is in most cases. Obviously, in most cases, it's different from the goldfish. But in most cases, you know, even if you're talking about a dog, that animal stands to be a serious danger depending on who the owner is regardless. It doesn't have to necessarily be an alligator. It could just be... You know, any any old animal that stands to be more dangerous because it's not properly cared for in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You just got to have a permitting system in place, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Like, Florida's nailed it. If you want to have, uh, you know, class one animals, you have to work with them for a thousand hours, and you have to have a mentor sign off and say they're qualified, they know what they're doing. I mean, a thousand hours, when you put it on paper... That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time, yeah. So, I mean, you're really committed Definitely. at that point. You don't get to go through eyes are bigger than your stomach syndrome. I mean, and mm-hmm. then with the permit system, they still come out and they're like, okay, you know, like, it's uh, like that for venomous snakes. Like in Florida, you have to have a thousand hours and you have to keep them in a locked room with a code on the door. Oh. So it's like, you can't just have shit roam around. So if you get bit, you know, you get bit, but. At least right. in the very yeah, at least they're not letting like you know eighteen year old kids buy venomous snakes or whatever. Yeah, not like <laughs> yeah. not like here in Michigan. Keep them in their supreme man pouch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that's one thing that I've always thought too. Where it was like it, it, I was always in between thinking like you know hearing stories like that lady gets her face ripped off by a chimp, and you're like, what the fuck? People can have chimps, and then you're, and I'll, I'll I'll tell you if you want to hear the actual true story behind that. Um, and it's funny because I was saying this to somebody earlier. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Um, no, we want to hear this. Yeah, all yeah, by all means. All, all animal people <clears throat> know each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's kind of like that uh, five degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Like five I, degrees of Kevin Bacon. Five degrees of Harambe. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin and all them. I know those idiots personally. Yeah. Not proud to say it, but I do know them personally. Um, so anyways, the story you brought about the chimp. Uh, it's actually really sad. His name was Travis, um, and he actually lived over by you, Chris. That was in Massachusetts or mm-hmm. New Hampshire, one of the two, one of the New England states. And uh, she put him on um, some kind of antidepressant Oh, because her husband died, and she tried to make her, yeah, her husband died, and she tried to replace him with Travis. Oh, shit. So she would have Travis sit there every night at dinner with her, drink wine, and basically do everything her husband did. And with animals, when you put on an antidepressant meant for humans, it has the exact opposite effect. It makes them angry. And that's kind of funny to laugh at, but at the same time it's sad because she was basically like trying to force this animal to be human and putting human drugs into him. Mm-hmm. 
and that uh, has the opposite well, effect. <laughs> the yeah. litter opposite it turns them more animal. So whereas you know the antidepressant, it wow. kind of mellows you out a little bit. You're a little bit more calm. He was on edge, and she brought someone into her house that he wasn't comfortable with, and he attacked this other woman. And uh, the saddest part of this story is that when he attacked that other woman, he was trying to defend her for. I don't know if, if you if you're around monkeys and chimps, you move too fast, it'll set them off. Um, but she had said that she had to stab him with a steak knife, Travis, to get to him get to him. stop. And uh, she said after it happened, she goes, he turned around and looked at me with the utmost betrayal in his eyes, like, "What did I do?" He wouldn't attack her. He literally just turned around and was like, why did you hurt me? Mm-hmm. I had no idea that he was even doing anything wrong in the first place because yep. he thought he was defending her. Yep, and that's the sad part about that. But the news, when you hear all this stuff, is uh, they want to have the story. You know, woman owns chimp and it, it, it just goes crazy for no right, apparent reason right. and kills everybody. Yeah, that's the. I mean, that's the, obviously that's how the media just functions in general. There's always going to be sensationalization to... Well, I'll, that. I'll give you the best one. Um, do you remember the Zanesville massacre of 2011 when all the animals in Ohio mm-hmm. got loose? Yep. It, oh, yeah. Just for, in yeah. case anybody doesn't, go ahead and tell that story just in case anybody who's listening so, isn't aware of it. So in 2011 down in Zanesville, Ohio, um, there was a guy named Terry. And Terry had kind of a backyard menagerie. He had lions, tigers, zebras, bears, all kinds of big predators. And... Uh, According to the media, one day Terry went nuts and he, he let all his animals out and got pissed at his wife and shot himself. And this is before I was really deep in the industry and I started to believe the same thing. So I got a job in the industry in 2012 and I started talking to big cat people and working around them and I, I brought it up. I said, yeah, I said, it's crazy. And I was sitting there having a drink with somebody one time who owns tigers down in Florida, and they said, yeah, they said, it's interesting you brought up the Terry thing. They said, do you know the truth behind it? And I said, well, yeah, you went, you went crazy. You know, I saw it on Discovery Channel, and <laughs> I know the whole story. You know, I said, I read every newspaper article there was. And they said, uh, did you realize that right around the time that that happened, they were trying to push legislation to make all those animals illegal. Mm-hmm. I said, mm. I never heard that. And they said to me, they said, they said you're a smart guy. They said, you know, you, you got if you're keeping tigers behind chain link fence, are you going to go through and you're going to cut that chain link fence with bolt cutters? Or are you going to take the keys that are in your pocket and open the doors if you want to cause chaos? Yeah. I said, yeah, 100. I said, well, yeah, I'm going to open the door with the keys. They said, well, every one of those cages was cut open. They said the doors weren't unlocked. Hmm. They said, and they said, well, you know how they said Terry killed himself. I said, yes, that's crazy. They said, you ever heard of a guy chopping off his own balls, putting them in his hand, then shooting himself in the chest? That's on the fucking report. That's the craziest case this, of suicide this, I've ever heard. This is on the police report. Damn. And it wow. came out, and it never made the national media. He was murdered. That shit's crazy. And it was God it damn. was to push push the agenda to make it all this stuff go on. And uh, 
it it's literally and it, it sounds so conspiracy theorist but you can talk to anybody in the industry and they they all have the same story from different parts of the country well i mean they didn't i mean it sounds even see i'm gonna make it sound even worse you said conspiracy theorist and i was gonna say well they didn't make up the beginning of 28 days later just off the top of their heads completely beginning of 28 <laughs> days later when they have animal activists break in to let out all the animals that are being you know whatever i don't know that's the thing is lots of you know it's difficult the because animal activist people seem to like just take it to the next level. Well, the problem, the point. yeah, those to say the problem is, is that with anybody, you get to a point where there's things. I've always believed that they always say, "What well, was the thing? The road to hell is paved with the best intentions." And I think that's what animal activism is, right there. Lots of activism ends up that way, where it's rooted in a noble cause. And at some point, it becomes an agenda for somebody oh. else in the group, or some you know some things take their turns and stuff like that. And that's how that thing, that's how things like that happen, where you get somebody in the group, not necessarily the group themselves, but somebody in the group who is radicalized enough to do something to that extent, you know. And then that ends up falling on the entire group, and you see that all over the place, no matter what the cause necessarily is, is there's always somebody that takes things a little bit further and they do so on the behalf of everybody else. And yep. it's, you know, it, it kind of yeah. always fucks yep. shit up. And, and they don't understand that. And uh, that's PETA. PETA is literally listed by the FBI in the United States as a terrorist organization. <laughs> that Cheers is, to that. That is, that is on the FBI's website that PETA is a terrorist organization. I had no idea. So are Juggalos, though, too, right? Are Juggalos a terrorist? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I thought they were, like, classified as a gang or something. <laughs> but these guys somehow get $50 million donated to them every year. Unreal. And... Uh, it's so funny um, because it's like you said, they just try to do radical shit like that. There was a big public case where they got in huge trouble a couple of years ago over in Colorado. They broke into a mink farm and they let all the mink loose. And they're like, go, go to the, be free, mink. <laughs> and mink aren't from the, Colorado, the, right? <laughs> I, I, I think, that, I mean, there's a, the problem is you have, you have domestic we, mink and then uh, you have farm or um, wild mink well the biggest problem was that these mink were domestic mink they'd never been loose and the mink farm was next to a freeway oh <laughs> no my God. no no the story gets worse now the and any and any animal becomes conditioned to you know certain stimuli things like that the guy who fed the mink every day drove around on a golf cart. What does a freeway sound like? <laughs> oh, so they just ran they for it. They sprinted for this freeway. Oh, uh, man. I think they said that there was like ten or 15,000 got hit by cars. <laughs> because it was just they were just darting into the road and people didn't know what to do what? but these oh, animal fuck. activists I'm going to look this up now. Yeah, I want to say it was I like see this. Yep, just put in uh, Mink Farm uh, PETA Colorado and it should pop up. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at this one so fucking I know. I know like and this is the thing man and like I mean I love animals, and I'm not trying to make light of the fact that 15,000 minks <laughs> just got slaughtered on the freeway. 
but it's kind of fucking hilarious it, it in like really this is weird kind of way. They were going to get killed anyways. They were going to be on some rich asshole's back. Uh, yeah, no, no, like I, and I agree with you there. Don't, no, don't, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's just you're, you're, you're sitting there imagining that, you know, these these hardcore PETA assholes are like, ha, 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 we've beaten the system. Dude, I and can... you just watch a brown wave. <laughs> I can... What are you doing? <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> I can visually see it cartoonized in Simpsons, in Simpsons Australia, or in, in Simpsons like form. Like you could just see like that whole thing happening. <laughs> Shit, hold on, let's pull this up real quick. Misguided attempt of three thousands of minks. Was horribly wrong. Was horribly wrong. Instead of running free. Most of the minks have died. This was just three years ago. Yeah, was it that recent? I, was, I thought it might have been a little bit longer. It's Between so 30,000 and 40,000. Oh, so my numbers were too low. And I was yeah. saying, you know, <laughs> stop, though. I mean, like, once a thousand of them got hit, aren't people like, whoa, like, what's something's going on okay, here? No, let's stop no. some traffic. I think in order to, no, I think in order to truly understand this, you got to think how many mink can one vehicle cover? How many, like, how many mink can just, like, if one car rolls Probably through, a thousand, if you're one right. car rolls through this herd of mink, like, how much damage is that? Like, how much damage? Is, a mink, is that many mink a herd? Do they herd? What would you call that many mink together? That's a Have that many mink ever gathered, like in free and Damn, in I think wild? the worst part is how undervalued mink are because that was only seven hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of mink. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say seven hundred and fifty bucks. Seven hundred fifty dollars worth of mink, dude. That's all it was. <laughs> how much damage did they do to the cars? It turned out to be a thirty-one-year-old man and a twenty-eight-year-old woman. Oh man, they Dummies. were on a they were on a mink freeing road trip that spanned forty thousand miles. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like Jay and Silent Bob strike back, dude. The Minnesota mink bandits is what they called them. <laughs> the Minnesota mink bandits. Oh good lord, dude. <laughs> but yeah, I oh my god, the world was so much cooler before coronavirus. Holy shit! So they're not interested in animal rights. They are interested <laughs> in chaos. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's this shit, and that's what it is. Is it's just they have this agenda, and it's just chaos. And this is how animal rights people are. This is the shit we deal with constantly. And I mean, obviously, we saw that. You saw it. You saw it. Tiger King, of course, right, Chris? Oh my god, I I loved that. Yeah. So everybody's got a good I taste of Carol Baskin, yeah. and you can see right there oh. that in and of itself is the problem. Where you think you're doing. You think you're doing this noble thing, but you're doing worse than everybody else. I mean, she probably doesn't think she's doing this noble thing. I've always said, I always said, I don't know if you watch Futurama, but I always said Carol Baskin is is mom from Futurama. Carol, she, she is. And I'm gonna tell, I mean, that is that is the best analogy I've heard, and because Carol's sitting here and she literally is trying to to pass um, what she calls the Big Cat Safety Act, and again, what she's trying to do is she is trying to be the last man standing. She wants to be the only person who's allowed to own big cats in the United States. That's fucking crazy. She does. Yeah, it seems crazy. But it's also it doesn't seem crazy for her. Like that's what kind of ego it appears that that woman has to me. Oh yeah, and she's mm -hmm. and, and, absolutely it is ego driven. So for it, sure. and it's I'll tell you the really funny thing is is uh, we all knew Joe and Carol before Tiger King came out. Mm -hmm. Like we've known them for you know I've known about I. It. 
I've met Joe. I've talked to Joe on the phone. I've called Joe up for advice. He is worse as a human being in person <laughs> than he was on the show. I remember. Oh, uh, wow. I, I didn't realize until retrospectively. I remember. Um, I remember seeing his presidential campaign videos. They were on the Stephen. They were on the uh, the Daily Show when Stephen Colbert was still hosting the Daily Show. And I remember showing my mom, like, "Mom, you gotta fucking see this guy. I am broke as shit." I remember being like, "Mom, you gotta fucking see this guy. This is crazy." We had no idea what it was gonna end I up being. I have done drugs. <laughs> I have done drugs. Yeah. yeah oh that my whole god, thing. I loved his honesty though. Yeah. I guess he couldn't really hide it though. Yeah. You know, no. I guess someone like <laughs> who looks like that, you just gonna own everything. Yeah. You gotta be. You gotta just go ahead. <laughs> And cut the fat right there. He did, he did yeah. not, Joe did not give a shit, and that was that's why Carol hated him because she wanted to shut everything down. Yeah, but uh, Carol yeah. literally is she was part of the reason behind the murder in Ohio and all that. Dude, I wouldn't be. That's the thing. That's, that's wild, the thing man. is giving all the shit. That woman did. That woman absolutely murdered her husband. Oh yeah, I agree for I agree. sure. That woman killed her. You husband. know what? Like I think as I'm looking at like. Just the industry and after watching, you know, Tiger King and um, just from my own experience, I, I guess, in the industry, there's like two types, a couple different types of people who will get in uh, to the profession that you got into, you know, and usually those people's motivations are very different. You know, you have someone yes. like Carol Baskin who it's more like, you know, self-centered motivation in that she wants to be, like you say, the last person standing to own cats so she can just be. The fucking queen kitten, the queen kit, whatever the fuck you want to call it, you know, whatever she would say. Oh, yeah. But then you have someone like yourself, you know, who genuinely cares about the animals, you know, and comes from wanting to make sure that they're cared for because you see, like, the plight of animals and people who shouldn't have them owning them and stuff like that, you know. So I'd, I'd say that you probably sit in that category of people. Well, yeah. And, and the biggest thing is, is that a lot of people realize that when you have animals, you have you have power. Um, I guess the best example I can give is the guy that I came up working with in 2012, and he's a big asshole. That's part of the reason I left his company too. He started out with big cats, and he was very, very into himself. You know, was very confident, very cocky, and he would tell me literally that back in the 90s, you know, he would bring tigers into the bars on a chain, have them hop up on the pool table so he could meet women. <laughs> Damn. And he goes, Damn. he goes, he, he goes, I was, you know, I was an average looking guy, blah, blah, blah. He goes, but women will throw themselves at you to meet these cats. That's true. That's why they had the whole kitten. Yeah. They had that whole, that was a whole another part of Tiger. Well, Doc Antle. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 And, Do and Doc's, I mean. Not even, that was the one thing. That was the, th see, that was the part that like got the least coverage and that was what i thought was the craziest thing was like holy shit there's some guy out here grooming teenage girls with the fucking it's like a whole fucking crazy episode of fucking special victims unit going down with doc so Hannell, crazy and it totally got on. glossed over for the most <laughs> part and, and you know the funny part is is that doc is the guy that you went to high school with that sat alone by himself at lunch and played dungeons and dragons doesn't he have just a soul patch yeah, I he always does, say yeah, you cannot trust somebody that Slave has a just a soul patch. There's not a trustworthy person on the planet that has just a soul patch. If you have anything else to go with that soul patch, I'll give you something. But if you've got nothing but a soul patch, I am fucking I'm terrified of you. I don't know what's I'm wrong with you. With you that, and I think that and you're a, untrustworthy and a ponytail. 
a ponytail. I mean, the ponytail. ponytail. Yeah, but you got to combine them together. Yeah, the the com- it's a combination of the two that's just. He- Either excessive hair on your head and as little as you can have on your face while having something. Yeah, but Doc was a whole fucking <laughs> other thing. And here's the thing is, is Brendan can attest to it. When we took that trip out there in that picture that I, you know, the, the, that trip that we talked about last week on the podcast, when we took that trip, we were going through and part of the point was that he, he was picking up um, an animal from another private, from one private zoo to deliver to another. That's correct, yep, right? Yep, yep. Okay, um, and we were at that private zoo. We got a personal tour of the whole zoo all by ourselves and shit like that. And uh, the whole time I was like, dude, this is fucking crazy. There's a whole community of people like this all over the country. And I kept saying that we need to turn this into a documentary. And much like I was saying at the beginning, I kept saying I could do that better than anybody and then didn't do it. But but I kept saying, like, you mean we can just, like, follow you as the host of the show and we can just visit private zoos and meet all of these people personally all over the place? And he was like, yeah, he agreed we were going to do it. I never ended up buying cameras. <laughs> but oh, man. But right then and there, I could tell, like, there's a whole fucking community of people and this is a whole like they're all so fucking interesting and weird in their own special ways and i remember learning so much because i got that private tour like i remember one of the craziest things that i learned when we were in washington dc um i learned at that zoo (laughs) and it's the fact that there's no like recorded um there's no recorded human death at the hands of a cheetah in captivity isn't that correct? That, like that is cheetahs, correct. yeah. There's cheetahs yep. have never. There's no cheetahs have, has ever killed a human being yep. at a zoo or in captivity or working. You know, with working with that animal in a yep. zoo type setting. I had no idea because you automatically think all big cats are. I mean, they, they are. They are all dangerous in the sense that yeah. they're of what they're capable of. They're big, powerful animals with sharp appendages. So yeah. any any animal like that is capable of, of of great damage. But I found it extremely interesting that cheetahs. Ones that you would think the least that you want chasing you down, for example, would be a cheetah. And it turns out that's not a problem you have to worry about for the most part. Yeah, like I said, I mean, and you nailed it. And the, and the, interest, the really crazy thing is, is that all animal people are grouped differently. The mm-hmm. big cat people are, for the most part, probably 80% of them are absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and that and you have the twenty per you have probably the five percent that are like Joe and Carol and Doc, mm-hmm. but eighty percent of big cat people are insane. Then you have the reptile people who are really weird and keep like keep to themselves. Yeah, as I say, most reptile what I was people I've met are really weird, but they're not like themselves. you know they're not like I don't know they're not problematic. And the bird people, um, they're just I mean they're, they a lot of the times people act like the animals that they associate with. The bird people are very colorful. They like to talk Holy nonstop. Shit, you're not wrong, dude. <laughs> you're you're blowing my mind though, because as you th- as I think about it, you're, you're totally right. One hundred percent. Thinking back about like the, going to the reptile shows and or any animal shows, and you walk around all the different booths, and it's like you go to the bird booth, and someone's like cause back at you, you know what I'm saying? Every, <laughs> every, every fucking elephant keeper thinks they're, like, in the middle of Barnum and Bailey Circus, I've noticed. Yeah. Do you... Now, I was going to ask you a question, because you like talking about the guy with, like... And it's going back a little bit here, just yeah. coming into the bar with the tiger, plopping it up onto the pool table. Yeah. Do you think that, like... Um, do you think that like you need some of that confidence to deal with a cat like that? You know, because yes. you say, you talk about like the people who who deal with them, and I feel like if you're dealing with an animal that can just maul you and wants to probably maul you, it needs to be kept in its place like a certain bit. What it is is it's any animal, um, even if it's a dog or anything, you have to be the alpha. And when I say that, you don't have to abuse them, but it's they have to know that, you know, I'm I'm the boss. 
You know, if an animal leans into you, push them back. You know, don't let them see you get knocked down. Don't act like you're frail. Um, you're the alpha boss, and that's, that's anything. You can talk to people who work with elephants, with big cats, anything like that. It's a mentality, and that's why it's easier to start them out young because they kind of they don't realize necessarily that they're bigger than you and they can hurt you. And that's when a lot of your accidents happen with these animals is because people get complacent or they try and put themselves in a position where um, they don't need to be. Um, I'm sure you were that guy up in New York who had the tiger in the apartment. Back yeah, that got did get loose or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Because he got attacked. Mm-hmm. Hit the tiger went after his house cat and he tried to jump between them. Oh Jesus. Jeez. So I mean, no one would have known that he, he wouldn't have gotten attacked if he hadn't tried to get between a 600 pound cat and a six pound cat. I'm sorry, that that house cat's That's, gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't jump in at that point. It's gonna call it a loss at that point. You can't, that you can't was, be like, no, Fluffy. Like that's that other cat. No, cat. That's not your rap, cat. That's not your house cat anymore. That's the tiger's house cat. Now you gotta. Leave I'd already be on alone. Pet Finder trying to adopt a new one. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, no, you're, you're, I mean, that's what it is. And you can ask, and, it, and it's funny because you get so much pushback, but it's the same thing with, like, people have horses. Mm. You know, a horse is a big enough animal that it, if it wants to kill you, it can kill you. We actually have more deaths in the United States by horses and cows than we do exotic animals combined. Oh, that, and I, I guess wow. that makes sense because they are big, powerful fucking animals, just oh, like yeah. anything. Oh, now, yeah. do you think that that probably, um, location probably plays into what you were saying earlier, right? As far as needing to prove that you can take care of this animal, you know, as far as being permitted and things like that. Oh, yeah, by so, all means. So it would kind of, so it would kind of lead to, you know, that, that would kind of mean that you're basically like, you are forfeiting your ability to own anything like that by living someplace like New York City. Like it does not matter yeah, how yeah, capable yeah. you are if That's you are stuck in a judgment. New York City apartment. Yeah, exactly. And what it is with owning these animals shouldn't be a right; it's a privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the mentality people don't want to have. The people people look and go, "Can I have this? Is it legal?" And not, "Should I have this?" Mm-hmm. And that's it's that way with every living thing. But the problem is, is you are still dealing with a living thing, mm-hmm. and it has. I hate to say rights because when you get into animal rights, then you're talking about you know PETA and stuff and, and the whole thing. Tigers can vote, <laughs> um, but animal welfare comes down to it. You know, you look at these animals. Okay, well, you know, what what do I need to give you to give you the best possible life? Mm. You know. Um, in the case of a tiger in an apartment, that's not fair to that animal. It's a 600-pound animal. If you can give it a 10-acre enclosure, if you can give it a, an acre-and-a-half enclosure, mm-hmm. you know, with fences where it can move around, lay in the sun, swim in a pool, do all that, more power to you. But if you can't provide what it needs just on a basic level, you don't need to have it. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, is it? You're dealing with these kinds of animals, is it an inevitability you're going to get injured, or is that only yes. based? It's, it's just an something. Ev- something's going to happen to you, um, and it might not be anything major. I mean, you might just get scratched. You might lose an arm. It depends on if you take risks, if you get complacent, depending on what you do. And the biggest thing that I tell everybody to compare that to is it's the same as driving in a car. Yeah. It's not when something happens or if it happens to you, but it's going to happen somewhere. Yeah, it's like on a motorcycle uh, as well. 
<laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. and as long as you're not endangering other people, you should have the right to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if mm-hmm. I want to, you know, for lack of a better term, jump a fence and get eaten by a tiger at a zoo, well, that's my stupidity. It's- <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have, like, a certain a certain incident that sits stands out in your mind in terms of, like, whether it's an extremely tough animal to work with, like, routinely, or is there, like, one incident that happened that you just got, like, whacked by a snake or some type of really bad injury that happened from an animal? See, I've, thankfully, I've never really had anything that lasted. Um, I've been bit by alligators. I've been bit by crocodiles, big snakes, monkeys. I've been scratched by, you know, smaller jungle cats, things like that. Um and every incident was my fault. Um, I guess the best one that I can say is uh, we were moving a 14-foot reticulated python back in 2013. And uh, actually, I'll give you a better example than that. Um, long story short, that one, the snake was in a bad mood. I wasn't paying attention. She turned around and nailed my hand. Thankfully, she let go right away, but that snake was big enough that it could have done some serious damage. Um, and the way their teeth are pointed, their bites hurt. I've definitely been bit by a python, so I've, I know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, they're, they're uh, pointed backwards, so if you go to yank, it essentially... You're just pulling it in it, deeper, yeah. It, yeah. So you got to pull, pull it farther into their mouth, open their mouth, and then remove your hand. Um, but I guess the best example I can get, and it wasn't a bite, and I was very, very fortunate... Um, the guy that I worked for that had the tigers and everything back in the day, he had venomous snakes. And I had no training with venomous snakes at this time. And uh, I'd been working for him for two or three weeks. And he goes, hey, I need you to move this western diamondback rattlesnake. And I'm like, oh, okay. Two or three fucking sure. weeks. Sure. I, <laughs> and, no uh, problemo. I was, you know, I was young. I was stupid. And I was like, yeah, you know, I know how to hook a snake. I can do this. Well, I ended up dropping it on the floor. <laughs> and my first instinct in my mind, because it's kind of <laughs> what you do, it. was to reach over with my foot and pin its tail down. Uh. And thankfully, something in my brain was like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> So the way this these enclosures were built that he had them in, there was a uh, probably about a foot tall gap, and then in that gap uh, between the shelves and the wall, and then behind that gap it was probably two inches of space, so just big enough for this fucking snake to start shooting up the wall. <laughs> and I get Man. down here, and this snake's probably three quarters of the fucking way up, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do, and I stupidly. <laughs> I reached under and I grabbed this motherfucker. Oh, wow. And I literally sat there and, I, and the snake's trying to keep going up the wall. And I'm like, all right, whatever's going to happen is I know he can't turn around and bite me until the end. So as long as I can, you know, get him out far enough, I can yank him and throw him across the room and then I'll get a hook on him. So I literally sat there and went inch over inch like this pulling this fucking four-and-a-half-foot diamondback out of the wall. Well, this fucker, in the meantime, learned that it could stick its head back down and come around and come at me. 
The only thing that kept me from getting bit in the hand full on was the fact that it launched itself at me and there was an electrical cord and it got its neck caught. Oh, I shit God. you not, I was I was probably <sighs> half an inch to three quarters of an inch away. And I mean wow. it was it was every bad movie you've seen, you know, full on venom dripping. I mean this was a, an intact uh, Western diamond bag. Raring and ready to fucking envenomate, yep, envenomate and I, you. I got lucky. And I, again, I grabbed it behind its head. It's still spitting venom. Opened its cage, took it like this, and launched it <laughs> into its cage. Just chucked it in there, slammed the door shut, and then the, then the adrenaline just dropped. That yeah, that must have been the craziest yeah. adrenaline dump right there. Like, like, like it was just wow. gone, and I I started shaking. I was like free. I'm like, oh my god. I almost just fucking died. <laughs> when people say that, they're like, oh, my God, I almost died when I saw this garter snake. No, literally, I had a mean fucking angry snake by the back of the head, and I didn't know what I was doing, and I could have been killed. Well, it's a good oh, thing man. you got out of there after a year, because it doesn't sound like necessarily that dude was doing the right shit if he's having somebody only no. there two or three weeks well, handle no, that and, kind and, of snake. And, and you know the sad part is is that I had a background with reptiles mm -hmm. so I at least semi knew what I was doing but didn't have a lot of experience um, a couple of weeks later he sent me out to a different location hired this random kid off the street and had him work in the <laughs> reptiles that had a, and when I say wow. this there were 14 different species of venomous snake in this building <laughs> including a black mamba Wow. See, I, and that, none of that's illegal, right? No. None of that's illegal. We can't have big cats in Michigan, though. We can't have big cats. That's not a, that's illegal here for the most part, right? Yes, unless you're USDA permitted mm -hmm. and you have a 1,000 hours working for them. Those are a permit animal. Okay, so we can't have that, but you can actually have a black mamba right here on your person. Which is kind of wild. Like on your person. A concealed black mamba. A concealed black mamba. You can have it in a holster on your side. And you can train with the black mamba and just fucking... Use like a whip. Yeah, you can throw it at people and shit. Like just whip its tail out of it, bite people in the face, and yank it back. Just get it right back it's in that see, holster From that safe. store, you actually, like, gave us the technique of how you would do that. And I'm just like... The girl throw. Yeah. yeah. So what's the... What's... You generally stay away from the super dangerous animals or is this like i also wanted to ask is this like yeah. I, I grew up skateboarding yeah. obviously a big part of that is the the rush of of, of doing it mm -hmm. is is part of of dealing with those kinds of animals just the rush of putting yourself at risk from dealing with them is that kind of when part i of when the, i was younger yes and i mm -hmm. and, that, and i'm looking back um like I said, with the rattlesnake and everything, you know, I would I would take risks. I wouldn't take risks with venomous stuff in the general public, but you know, the big snakes and stuff. It was very much a hey, look at me, man over beast kind of thing. And as I got older, I got into it more, and I was working with all these different animals. I was working with tigers. I was working with apes. You know, and you start to realize that these animals are far more intelligent and deep than we give them credit for. They're not just out like, yeah, I'm going to fuck you up, buddy. <laughs> it's not like one versus mano y mano. It's not, yep, it's it's not at all. It's just like, you know, um, so you start to gain an understanding and an appreciation for them. I'm at a point in my life where I just truly love working with 
with dangerous animals, not because of the adrenaline rush. Um, and even more so, most of the time it's because it's predators because they have more of an understanding. They can kind of almost, you can see them watching you and learning you. They're, yeah, they're extremely intelligent. Yeah, and um, like plant eaters, you know, the big herbivores and stuff are neat, but they're, they're more of that herd mentality, like, oh, stay back, I want to do with you. Whereas uh, predators know, I could fuck you up, but I'm choosing not to because I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And you start to gain this almost deeper connection with them, being around them, because they're tolerating you. Mm -hmm. So that adrenaline rush kind of goes away once you start to get this understanding and, and it's you, you, you create a bond with them. And to me, that's it's, it's incredible um, because you can share it with these animals like that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I understand as far as the adrenaline stuff goes. Yeah, when I was younger, that's that's mm -hmm. definitely what it was. But now, now I'm at a point, you know, where if I'm around a lion, a tiger, a venomous snake, um, it's much more about the appreciation. I don't have to touch it, mm -hmm. just to be in its presence and able to have that bond. Um, it means a lot. Mm. Now you said uh, Wild World Adventures. That starts what 2013 or is it 2014? 2014 is when that starts. And how? What would you would you start off with there? Like just a couple of animals and were oh, you doing God. shows or how did this actually? So, so literally, how it happened was again. My now we've talked a little bit. My boss at the time, he was, he was a big dickhead, and his girlfriend was Satan. <laughs> and uh, if she ever watches this, no, I don't feel bad for saying that. <laughs> Um, I, uh, literally was sitting there one day and I, I got bitched out for something. I, I, I finally broke and I had enough of my pride being attacked and I didn't have a business plan. And I, I literally just said, you know what? I'm done. I quit. And I packed up my stuff and I called, called Ashley, my girlfriend at the time was not my wife. And I said, you know I said, I'm coming home. We're, we're starting a zoo tomorrow. And she goes, what? <laughs> I, said, I said, I'm done. I said, I'm not taking it anymore. And uh, we had bearded, we had pet store animals. We had bearded dragons. We had a, like a small Burmese python. We had uh, like a Quaker parrot, I think. We probably had... 15 20 different reptiles and i think i had a couple of guinea pigs just real basic stuff that you could get at pet smart mm -hmm. and uh i remember going home that night and this is before you know i had any kind of following like i do now and i put something on facebook and i was like i left the business and i'm starting a zoo i think my mom liked it i i feel like i remember that post <laughs> i don't remember being like yeah good. like i don't remember being like no, I feel like, I, I don't know, you also do a handful of zoo announcements, so I could be wrong, and I could be thinking of a different one, but I feel yeah. like I remember that and being like, good for him. Yep, I, I think the other one like, oh, that's, that's neat. Good, good for you, animal yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah, this I was like, I'll check back in this in a while, see how this develops. But uh, I think, like I said, I think my mom was the only person that liked it. Nobody nobody said anything. Nobody bashed me. Nobody laughed or anything. They are just like, <laughs> just oh, like yeah. cool. All right. And... Uh, so I started reaching out to people and, uh, you know, they're doing their kids' birthday parties. I said, look, I said, you know what, I'll, I'll bring a bunch of animals to your kids' birthday party. They said, well, how much? I said, 50 bucks. 
I said, 50 bucks, you know, and throw me a couple of pieces of pizza. <laughs> all right, all right. Next, first person I ever did a birthday party for was uh, Jessica and Jordan. <laughs> of course. Very, very first birthday I ever that's did. That's awesome. That's uh, that's that's uh, Jackknife's really cool. Jack brother and his wife. Oh, nice. So it was like a total family gig. They're like, all right, we'll throw you a bone. Do you remember what animals you brought there? Um, yeah, because I, I was so excited. I think I brought like 30 or 40 animals. <laughs> <laughs> and like a little too for, excited guy. For, for 50 we only bucks. wanted a couple bearded dragons, man. Steel. Yep, I, so I brought a bearded dragon. <laughs> the whole my, menagerie. My, my mom had pygmy goats. I brought in a couple baby <laughs> peacocks I had acquired. I brought in a rabbit. I had, and I had no, no concept of a setup. So it was literally like, I, I brought them in like petri dishes and shit like that, like Tupperware containers, and it looked like, looking back, the the trashiest, like uh, yard sale version of a zoo. <laughs> like if someone had walked in from another country, been like, "This is an American zoo. I hate <laughs> He's got everything you do." Yeah, guinea pigs. Dude, that's what I, you know. What, as you were like describing, I kept picturing this like crazy clicky hierarchy and within the animal world of like, oh, pff, they're just fucking guinea pig breeders, you know? And, like, we own real animals. We breed fucking chinchillas. You know, like, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, we'll touch back on that. I'll tell you something though about that in a minute. Um, oh yeah, about the about the people who have the pet store animals who think that they're in the echelon of the tiger people, and they can tell you they can tell you shit because. So and so knows somebody, um, but uh, yeah. So I brought all these animals in, and I, I just started building it up. I started building up the collection, and uh, what I told my girlfriend at the time, I said, uh, "What we're gonna do is we're just gonna put all the money, all, every fifty dollar birthday party I do, and any random money I get from my grandma for Christmas or anything, you know, we're gonna throw it in this pot." And when I have $1,500, we're going to buy a kangaroo. And she's like, okay, <laughs> a kangaroo. <laughs> and so sure, sure as shit, I got 1400 bucks saved. And kangaroos at the time were like 1500 And I refused to take any money out of my paycheck because we were, we were living real poor at the time. I mean, we were literally living not even paycheck to paycheck. Like, we were like three paychecks behind living. And I'm trying to build up this business, start this business, and I'm at Planet Fitness. And uh, there's actually a website called Exotic Animals for Sale. <laughs> that seems straight mm, up. <laughs> looking at that right now, my friend. <laughs> See what I can buy today. <laughs> and uh, I get on here, and there's a little red baby kangaroo down for sale in Georgia. And uh, so I start blowing up this phone number. And I probably called these people... Probably 20 times in an hour. Shit. Because I was like, I want this fucking kangaroo. I'm, I'm not letting anybody take it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you can have it. You know, let's put a deposit down, you know. And uh, they're like, you seem to have a brain, you know, talking on the phone to me. And it's some <laughs> wonderful people, thank God, I got involved with. And uh, I called Ashley and I said, hey, are you busy this weekend? You got to work? She goes, no, I'm off. Why? 
said, oh, Friday night we're leaving for Georgia. We're going to get a uh, baby kangaroo. Wow. And she goes, what? Something to hear for the weekend. Yeah. So we left on a Friday night. And, uh, of course, and this story only gets better. Um, and I, I really do need to write a book on this one day just to tell these stories. It was the worst snowstorm to hit the south in 70 years. And they can't drive for shit. Nope, 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 nope. And we had <laughs> wow. to go. And we had to go. So so we make it beautiful. I think I remember that because I think I was living in, what year was that? That been 2014. Yeah, I was living in. February of 14. I think I was living in South Carolina maybe at the time. Yep. And so I remember, I think I remember that storm. But go on. Yeah, I've been uh, like February, mid-February, and uh, we had to, of course, drive through the mountains, so we went through Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, all this. We're just getting pounded by snow driving through these mountains. Cars are shooting off the road left and right. So we get down there uh, Saturday morning, pick up this little baby kangaroo, and we're... uh, Getting ready to drive home Saturday night. I'm like, you know what? We'll drive all night. We'll be home early Sunday. So we're coming through the mountains, and uh, this is where the story gets great. It's me, my girlfriend, and my mom. Come around this corner, and there's a boulder in the fucking road. I shit you not, a, like a big ass boulder, probably the size of a basketball. And I swerved <laughs> to miss it, and it it clips just enough of my rim that it dented my rim. This wasn't the same van we drove to DC. In, <laughs> no, was it? this is my Cavalier. <laughs> okay, okay. So, I, I love that van. <laughs> um. So I uh, I clip and, and instantly you just hear the tire deflate. Oh. And I'm like, oh, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. I'll hop out. I'll put the spare on, and we will we'll just drive, you know, to the next nearest town, and we'll get everything figured out. It's not a big deal, you know. So I get out. I pop the trunk. The spare is flat. <laughs> oh my god. So. I'm like, well, here's what we're going to do. We are in 100 miles from nowhere. We have no cell phone service. Nothing. Oh, shit. So I'm out here changing it, this tire, putting on a flat spare. And it starts to rain. (laughs) Mind you, again, we are in the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, Ashley and my mom are in the car. And Ashley screams from inside the car, there's something in the woods. So I start freaking the fuck out. I'm like, this is some hillbillies, backwoods shit. I'm going to get, I'm going to get eaten. Like, and she's sitting in the car. They put a trap there for you. Uh, Yeah. I'm like, this is uh, wrong turn. Real life. (laughs) So I get this rim, this tire on this rim. And I start driving essentially on three wheels and a rim. I drove a hundred fucking miles at twenty miles an hour on a fucking rim on, on a, a donut rim, rim on a donut rim. <laughs> I get into town. Oh, the story gets even better. So we get to this town, 
and I didn't even think about it. So I pulled his McDonald's, and this guy drives through in a Cobalt, which was the newer version of the Cavaliers at the time. And I hop out, and I'm like, look, man, this would be the weirdest thing in the world. Can I buy your spare tire off of you? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? And I'm like... Listen, I said, this is going to sound fucking wild. I said, I just got done buying a kangaroo. I'm from Michigan, <laughs> and I'm just trying to get home. And you can tell this dude's like, I'm going to beat this motherfucker with a tire iron if he don't get away from me. But thankfully, he's like, you know, I'm kind of intrigued. Let me see this. So I go over, I give this guy 20 bucks. He gives me a spare. He drives off. It's a good deal. Yeah, well, I thought he was going to charge you more. Well, I'm taking but I guess considering the... what it costs to, for you to bring 50 animals over to the first birthday party, <laughs> See, 20 seems reasonable. Are you just gonna? <laughs> <laughs> are you just gonna say you let him take a picture with the kangaroo? Yeah. Was <laughs> <laughs> technically your first kangaroo. So that's worth at least too. 20. Um. So he, this dude drives off, and I go to put the the spare on, and the uh, the lug nut configuration is different. <laughs> Obviously, same, man, same, same fucking car. So at this From point, Michigan, you're supposed to know all lug nut configurations, man. <laughs> yeah, the lug nuts are different in Georgia. <laughs> so uh, at this point, I'm like, we're just gonna get a hotel. So we drive down the road, and the only fucking hotel in this little city is fucking Bates Motel. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is terrifying, and it's literally like one of those little roadside ones where you know you walk up and they're like behind the desk. Yeah, and you no, walk I've stayed in some creepy motels oh, yeah, like that yeah. before. This dude's like, well, "How many people are with you?" And I'm like, "I don't know why that fucking matters. We just want one room." He's like, "Well, I charge per person." <laughs> I'm like, oh, what? that's yeah, that's a sketchy hotel for sure. Yeah, I've been so, there. So so I in by hour. So yeah. we, like we sneak my mom in. With the kangaroo <laughs> into the hotel room. <laughs> and then Ashley and I go in. And uh, dude come by the next morning. He's like, you have three people. I'm charging you an extra 40 bucks. I said, I'll just cancel my credit card. You won't get shit. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I also forget that it's Sunday in the South. Uh, Everything is closed. closed. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm living at this point. I'm like, I'm not fucking staying down here for two days. <laughs> so thankfully, we find this local garage, and it goes to this guy's phone. I basically plead him, plead with him, and he finally goes over and he gets my original tire that had the dented rim. He, you know, he cranks it out and bangs out the, the mallet a couple times, fixes it. We get home. Um, but that's the story of my first kangaroo boomer. Yep, Boomer was Boomer. I think was really when people were like, "Hey, there's this dude with like a zoo." I think at that point was when you started really getting noticed for your appearances like it was, at it the was movie legit. theater and stuff. It yep. was when you uh, got clout. One. You got that kangaroo. Yeah, he got, got that kangaroo clout. That I think the funniest drip. the funniest part of that story, just as an offshoot for a second, is the fact that at the time his then girlfriend, now wife, was like, "What? We're going to get a kangaroo? That's crazy. Are you like, serious?" Word. And now she's like. <laughs> When are we getting a fucking giraffe? <laughs> like, <laughs> that is that is her absolute obsession is to buy a giraffe. Um, yep. That is literally the only thing that she wants. Yeah, she's all she wants a giraffe so bad. They do seem super friendly. What's that? 
they do seem super friendly. Oh like yeah. When you go to the, when you yeah, go to the zoo, it looks like you could probably just hop in there and, and and pat them, and they'd be cool with it. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. So we get we get Boomer, and then that's when we start really getting what is today the Wild World Adventures. What what other animals did you get after Boomer that made you feel like you know oh, like man. oh wow I'm really making it now like this is we had wallabies over the years we've had African porcupines we've had capybaras the alligators big snakes I didn't know you had capybaras. Well, I saw lemurs on your Instagram. Do you still have those lemurs? Uh, yes. Yep, we still have the three lemurs left. Sadly, after COVID, that's about all we have left. Mm-hmm. Um, when everything started hitting, and I I have not worked since March. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done a couple of birthday parties here and there, but we had to make some hard decisions. It was basically rehome the animals or starve mm-hmm. and let them starve. So we place them in other zoos and do what we had to so they could survive and we could survive but those lemurs are my wife's babies so there was no getting rid of them and then that obviously you know leads to where we are right now where you guys had the fire and everything like that yes um we talked a little bit about that last week but basically what happened was uh one of the heaters so it's it's kind of dumb it was an equipment barn and i had a heat lamp out there for me so when I went out there to do stuff, it wasn't below freezing because there was no electricity. So I just had a, you know, a, um, a heat lamp out there that if I opened the doors, it was, you know, 40 degrees in there. So I could, you know, get stuff done. And uh, I'm guessing the bulb blew and it just caught the walls on fire and it went up like a shot, burned everything mm-hmm. to the ground. And that was, uh, was that, what time of day was that? Was um, that night or was it the middle of the day? It was the morning. Morning, um, that's because right. Because I left left the house at 7.30 to take Ashley to work. And uh, me and the kids went out. We were running some errands. And we came home a little bit before 11. And there was just there were firefighters in my yard. Because you, you could see the backyard before you saw the driveway. Mm-hmm. And there were just firefighters standing where the barn had been. And we pulled around to the front. There were five or six fire trucks there. And they were like, is this your house? I'm like, yeah, what happened? They're like, well, your your barn is gone. And that was obviously, that had all of the equipment. Just, it was not like... It was no animals in there, thank mm-hmm. God. Um, mm-hmm. That's the silver lining that we look at it as. Um, and obviously it didn't spread to the house or anything like that. No, that's no, no, no. Important... So, yeah. yeah yep, yep, that's the, the biggest house. one. But uh, between the barns and the, all the equipment, it was about $60,000 worth of flames. Mm-hmm. And that's rough yeah. right there. That's a lot. Yeah, And so that's kind of where we're at right now. And part of the reason why I thought it would be great to have you on here was because we were talking about it last week. And I'd been, you know, I had told you that I'd like to bring it up on my on my Twitch stream. Yeah. I'd like to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. And we were talking about it last week. And I was like, this is a half assed idea. The whole idea would be to just have him on to talk about it because he's got tons of other interesting stuff that he could feasibly speak about as well. And that was one of the main reasons I wanted to have on here. Um, and now we're at the point where we're starting to try to fundraise to rebuild this but as i understand we are rebuilding something a little bit different now aren't we yes um so initially when it happened i'd be lying if i didn't say you know the thought went through my mind that you know 2021 Mm -hmm. um i was i was broken for a minute and uh it kind of got worse for a second because my 
because Ashley calls the insurance and they're like, well, since it was a heat lamp and we can't prove that you weren't keeping animals in there, you aren't insured for that kind of building. That building was insured as a non-farm building. So you lose everything, basically. Go to hell. So Yeah, you told me that they were going to give you... Like they were going to give you fifteen hundred dollars for the the lawnmower, which yep. was, or something like that. Yep. They were going to give me fifteen hundred dollars for the lawnmower, and my deductible was a thousand. So I was going to get five hundred bucks for my lawnmower. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that was it. So I was I was I was broken for a minute there. She goes, you know, let's just you know, and I I put something on Facebook. You know, I said this this year's just killed me, and uh, it was going to be followed up that night by. Um, me basically saying, you know, we're tossing in the towel. I don't know what to do anymore. I'm broken. And, uh, and Nigel can attest to this. You know, I, I'm very transparent with my life at this point with the animals. People can follow the story, you know, and everything like that. Because people have gotten so behind it in the years and the community following that we've had, it's, it's always been important to me. People can see what we were trying to build. Well, in the meantime of that, I completely signed off of Facebook, just, you know, took some time to get my head in the right space. I came back, and people had donated $2,000 to us in a matter of five or six hours. Mm-hmm. And people, oh. were, people were like, look, don't, don't give up. We're going to help you. We're going to do whatever we have to. And uh, people were coming out. They're like, you know what? We're going to do can drives. We're going to do um, fundraisers. We're going to do whatever we have to to get you back where you need to be. And uh, so I sat down with Ashley that night, and I said, I said, this is incredible. And, you know, we started to look, and we're like, okay, you know what, it's going to cost about $15,000 to rebuild the barn. I said, okay, you know what, maybe, maybe you know, we'll, we'll, we'll raise what we can, and uh, we will go ahead and we'll try and see if the bank will play ball with us, you know, even though I didn't work for the last year. We'll see if we can get the difference up and we can kind of rebuild from there. And then I said, you know, we were talking about it. I'm like, you know, I said, the shitty part is I would be able to get back to these people. I'd love it. I could do a, a free community event, but I don't think there's going to be festivals in Michigan in 2021. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I don't we're going to. So. Oh, yeah. We've kind of accepted that fact, you know, and, you, and you're hearing rumblings that maybe in September, but mm. they were, you know, the other side of the state and stuff. They were smaller. Um, so I said to her, I said, you know, what if, what if we build this barn and we take a little bit of extra money? I said, we take what we have left in savings, we get the animals back that we can, and we open the zoo to the public. And she's like, I don't know if we can do that. I said, you know what? I said, Ashley, I said, this community came together and raised $2,000 in a matter of hours for us. I said, we didn't ask for a penny. I said, they did it out of the goodness of their hearts. I said, we've had people reaching out, you know, wanting to make sure the animals are okay. We had people going, you know what, if, if you need a place to put your horses, if you need something to do this, we had the local feed stores come forward and do stuff. We had local businesses donating food and, you know, what money they could um, and sharing it. The news reached out. I mean, we had a community outreach that was, it was, it's been beyond incredible. And I said to her, New Year's Eve, we're going to announce that for the first time in 100 years, we're going to open a zoo in Jackson County. Mm-hmm. We have 
obviously, obviously, I don't know how familiar. Nigel's giving you the lowdown of what we have here in Jackson, um, but we have bars. And that is it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's we, not much. There's not much entertainment around here if, at all. If, at all. If you have kids, we have a, a bowling alley. One of them. All the other ones closed. Yep. Um, we have a uh, movie theater. One of them. The other one closed. Um, we have <laughs> seems all, to be a common theme. <laughs> <laughs> we have all skate. Yeah, which um, is I closed, mean, I believe. Yeah, for now. I don't know if they. I don't know if they're gonna survive this though, which sucks because I still have been wanting to live out my childhood laser tag dreams. Mom, mom never paid for me to go laser tag at all skate. So. Oh, you still can go, man. Laser tag still to this no, day. No, but is it's fun. gotta specifically be that place though. You gotta understand that's, that's this, is, this, was, <laughs> this was built with like cardboard boxes. Yeah, like dude. it's not. It's not Zap Zone where it's three it's levels of fun. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's <laughs> not good, but that still has to be the one because it's that's the fucking zone. one. <laughs> No, it's been like that a lot, and I think that's one of the cooler things is I don't know if you're seeing this all over right now, but COVID has created a lots of good community vibes where locally, if you look into your, if you look into the larger point of the world, you're going to see still lots of division. But if you look into local communities, you are seeing lots of the support occur for local businesses. Not only this, but one of my favorite places growing up all through here has been Pinball Pete's. It's a local arcade here, one of the few real arcades that we have. It's not here, it's in Ann Arbor. Um, But they, obviously not being able to do anything because it's an arcade, you can't, they can't justify opening, you know, in most cases in, in and it's been pretty harsh here with the shutdowns in Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. They've raised almost almost $85,000 on GoFundMe to try to keep that place open because of how many lives they've touched. And it was the same thing with Brendan where it was like he like he said, he went away. He, wasn't, he disappeared off Facebook. He put out the original message that they had the fire and that was it. And his whole, that whole thing lit up. People were instantly trying to see if they could start GoFundMes. Um, Vicky, if she listens, bless you, Vicky. Vicky was all over it. Yeah. She was posting, you know, letting people know, hey, GoFundMe's going to take a chunk. Here's his cash app. Here's his Venmo. Here's all this. You know, Vicky was on it trying to help you guys with that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yep. She spearheaded. Go- she went to the feed stores, and the feed stores all donated, you know. And mm-hmm. So everything came forward. And uh, But, yeah, I say, we, have, we have nothing for families here. Mm-hmm. We have absolutely nothing for kids. I mean, there's, you know, and that, that's part of the reason that we have such a high crime rate is because there is nothing for yeah, families there's nothing to for do. people to do at all. And every time there is something to do, it's almost like a trend. And when that trend disappears, you, you, the youth around here struggles a little bit more. Um, you know, when I was a kid, we obviously I grew up skateboarding a lot every single day, all day, and we used to have a very, very big skate scene around here. Um, and the local law enforcement cracked down on skateboarding to such a degree that parents just stopped stopped thinking skateboarding was worth letting their kids do around here. <laughs> and skateboarding completely died off because of it. And you can actually see the correlation with that and other programs where when Nixon Park starts to empty out, uh, you know, about five, ten years ago. Yep. The crime rate starts to go up, and kids that that are the, around the age of the people that used to skate at Nixon Park start dying all over the place. Particularly in this area, right down the street from Nixon Park, there's a lot of gun violence. Oh yeah, and it's it's terrifying. I mean, mm-hmm. it's super super sad. And mm-hmm. it, as you said, there's there's it's because there's nothing for anybody to do. I mean, you have the local fair, 
it's one week a year. You have the fireworks stuff, and people don't go because they know there's going to be gun violence. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can literally sit there on Facebook and, like, clockwork, as soon as, you know, it gets dark in the evening, somebody pulled a gun at the fair. Mm-hmm. Somebody pulled a gun at the fireworks. Yep, something like that's always happening. There's, and it's it's sad. So we had, we kind of came together, and we said, you know, by Memorial Day, hell or high water, we're saving this business. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we're gonna open the zoo. And I think when you're when you're a true optimist, and when you're somebody that gets things done, anybody it doesn't matter who it is. If you're going through that first initial situation, you're gonna go through what you went through, where you're just like, "Wow, that's a lot to deal with." You're extremely overwhelmed. You don't know if you can come back from that type of thing. But the optimist always instantly, and I always do this, where it, for the first little bit something like that happens, I'm totally crushed and don't know what to do. And then you wait a little bit and you realize that it's an opportunity more so than anything. And it lets you, yep. it, you know, it, while it, it sucks, it also affords you the ability to do something totally new that you couldn't do before because you kind of are already, you know, you're kind of already in this position. You're hamstrung in this position. Yep. And without it, both metaphorically and physically burning to the ground, you don't really have the true push to do something like that around here. And I think that that's really an important and commendable thing because it's something that we need here. Yeah. Yep. yep. I definitely agree with that. And uh, like I said, we're shooting for Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just kind of waiting right now to see if the ground, when the ground thaws and we are start construction immediately. Because mm-hmm. I, I believe my wife said last night, she's like, you know, the ground thaws in April. I'm like, yep. She's like, you told me we're open at the end of May. I said, yep. She goes, you have two months to build a zoo. <laughs> Shit, man. Well, I'm, I'm going to offer my, myself up for help right now. Here <laughs> first. Like, if seriously, if you need help swinging shovels, doing whatever, well, I'll I, take a road tip to Michigan to help you out. I man. appreciate that. We'd love to have you guys there. Even if you can't do that, opening weekend, whenever you want to come out. I mean, it's going to be. bring the a... family out for the opening of the, of the Wild World Adventure. Is, is it gonna, are, are we keeping the same name? So Wild World Adventure um, mm-hmm. is our overall, is our LLC. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is actually the Wild World Biodiversity Center. I like that. A little nice. bit more professional. And it's like I told people, um, the biggest thing is it's not going to be a traditional zoo. Mm-hmm. It's not a rescue, you know. And I don't go thinking, oh, you know, every animal they have is rescue. We will take in animals. You know, somebody comes to me and says, I can't take care of this anymore. That's not a rescue. That's a surrender. Mm-hmm. And, and you hate. The word rescue has so much bad mantra to it because you have good people that just that just can't take care of things happen. Yeah, life happens, things happen, and sometimes you just I've had that. That's happened with my dog. (laughs) That's you know I I had you know that happened with my dog where it's just like, hey man, I'm going someplace that I can't. I'm not allowed to have a dog here. I can't. You know, like it's it's. I wasn't a bad person for it, but sometimes you get in those situations where life is just like. It's as hard for the people to give it up as anything, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you don't want to peg that person as being bad. You don't want to push them to the broad, well, I rescued this animal from this person. Yeah. No, I didn't. I, you, they gave it to me. They trusted with me. You know, And there are occasions where we have rescued animals. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think that's important to, to separate the distinction between a rescued animal. Yeah, like, like I've gotten phone calls from... Um, Local law enforcement because they went to an abandoned house and they found animals that were left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got leopard geckos that were left there to freeze to death over winter in a house that was seized in a foreclosure because people didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. That's a rescue. Yeah. And then, you know what? You this... rescued a bat from my attic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I rescued a bat out of a toilet a few months ago. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> 
Um, See, you know what, though, man? And he like, does all even, these calls the like f- that. He does for free. Anytime someone calls him and they're like, hey, man, I got this animal. I don't know what to do with it. He's like, all right, let me see what I can figure out. I'll make some phone calls. I'll do whatever I got to do. He's never like, well, you got 20 bucks. Uh, maybe I can. Do, you don't? 15? All right, never mind. <laughs> you never get any of that from him. He's always looking out for the well-being of the of the animals. And he realizes that regardless, he's not trying to help the people so much, it never seems, as the animals. Yeah, and, and, and the the people and are helped residually. Exactly. You know, man, I feel like the fact that you, like, actually are going to go out there and say that it's a surrender, once again, speaks a lot to, like, uh, your personality and your, and your motivations behind it. Because I think that, like, that word rescue, you're right, probably gets floated around in instance where it's just someone who, like, for outside of their own circumstances, couldn't have this animal anymore. But that person uses rescue because it's like a self-righteous kind of thing it and, does. Uh, to, yep. to make them look better. Yep, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of the problem is, is you get, uh, you know, sanctuaries. Even the animal industry, we call them scamtuaries mm-hmm. because they'll sit there and they'll tell you, well, you know, we rescued this animal from this situation. No, you didn't. I know for a fact you dropped five grand and bought that fucking tiger. <laughs> Don't give me that bullshit. Yeah, that's the thing is it always goes better. It's always better. It, it looks good on it, it looks good on the gram if you have a yeah, new baby, rescued. but it looks even better on the gram if you adopt. I rescued this half-assed bearded dragon from a pet store. No, you justified <laughs> corporate buying another six bearded dragons and starving them to death and making six more people have to rescue them. Um, whereas, you know, I'll talk to them like, look, you know, your animal's sick. I'm not going to really offer you money for it, but if you need a good home for it, I can take care of it and I can promise you that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the biggest thing I tell people is that a lot of these animals are surrenders. You know, I'll keep them as long as I can. And if I can't, I will find another facility that's able to accommodate them. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody came to me tomorrow and said, look, you know, I have uh, a tiger, I guess would be a good example. I'm like, well, I'm not set up for a tiger, but let me make a couple phone calls, and I will get you with a facility. And I've actually had that happen a lot with wolf dogs. Wolf? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was a- actually looking at some of those on that exotic animal website. <laughs> I ain't even going to lie. <laughs> oh, they're, they're beautiful. I've actually got a fox pop up here right now is what I'm currently <laughs> looking at. Uh, a, yeah, pe- a pearl fox pup for three hundred and sixty dollars. You you want to talk about foxes? Um, people are like, oh, they look like puppies. Imagine cats from hell that smell like a skunk <laughs> and, <laughs> and shit and it's piss so all cute. over your house. What's your it's what is so your cute. favorite like your favorite animal that you've had that I've had? Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily like. Not necessarily. Obviously, all of these animals hold very special oh, yeah. places. I'm not asking you to pick one, like oh, in, well, in terms no, yeah, of I've... sentimentality, but just as far as animal species, because obviously, you know, animals like like Boomer is going to hold a very oh, special yeah, yeah, place yeah. and things no, like that. But you're talking about an overall, and it's the weirdest thing, um, porcupines. Porcupines. Hmm. And I tell you this all the time. I always knew it. He's been a prick his whole life. That's why <laughs> I, I identify in my with neighborhood, <laughs> walking around a couple months so, ago. So he's been a prick since I knew him. It's who he identifies with. Is these other little things covered in pricks? <laughs> if, if, you, yeah, yeah, you, if, if you get them as babies and you bottle raise them, they are the most um, affectionate little animals. Really? I swear to God. How can you be affectionate with a porcupine? <laughs> yeah. That's like that's like petting Still a cat, cat it the wrong way, isn't it? Or how, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm showing I mean, my animal ignorance here, but no, 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 Chris, Chris has nailed it. You just don't pet them the wrong way. Their quills lay flat. Oh. And you can literally, I have pictures. You can pet of, it 
this way, just don't go back up. Yeah. Okay. I literally have pictures of me with a 60-pound African porcupine in my lap, sitting there sucking on my fingers because he was <laughs> bottle raised. <laughs> and uh, but break, when my son was little, we actually had one in the house named Penny, and Penny was his best friend. Wow. And uh, Braden learned how to open her crate. Mm-hmm. And you guys both have kids, so you know how it is. Mm-hmm. It's when they're being loud, you know what's going on. It's when they they're get quiet. 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 Yeah, you're like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Wait, where, where are you? <laughs> so I remember one time my wife and I are sitting there. Braden was probably a year and a half old. He'd gone to bed. And he just started sleeping, you know, it is not in a crib, but a big boy bed. And it's probably 8.30 at night, and it's real quiet. And I'm like, it's almost too quiet. What's, what's going on? And I hear this noise in the kitchen. And I walk out there, and Braden is sitting on the kitchen floor with this little African porcupine. She's probably only 8 or 10 pounds at the time. <laughs> hmm. So the size of a cat. And they're eating Oreos together. <laughs> That's so cute. That's the most adorable it was, thing. It was oh the best God. thing in the world. I, I couldn't even yell at him for getting out of bed. Like, he would take a bite, and he would hand it to her. Wow. And she would sit there, and she'd chew on it. And it was it was an incredible <laughs> moment to just sit there and watch that. And I was like, you know what? This this, this is my kid. It's the, if I, it was ever a doubt, now I know this is true. I was, like, seeing, I was explaining that to Elijah because we've got, you know, my, my girl. Girlfriend's son is is older than Elijah. Yeah. Um. But for whatever reason, he is deathly terrified of dogs. No matter what we've tried done to try to get him acclimated or whatever she's tried to get him acclimated with dogs. Yeah. He just that fear is very very serious. Oh, it's yeah. not you know that's why I tell My you know that's why I have like to that. explain is it's not like a normal fear. It's like if I've seen a dog come at this kid when someone loses hold of it before. Yep. Not that the dog is ill intention, but the fear that you see in this child's eyes is only the type of fear you see when any living creature is fearing for its life yeah, actually. Right. Yes, yes. You know, and I tried to explain that to, you know, to Elijah where I was like, "Well, what would you do right now if I Pulled out a snake and put it over your shoulders. He's like, "Are you kidding me?" I would freak out. I don't know what I would do, dude. I would be so scared. I'd try to throw that thing. He's like, "I would run away." I'm like, "See?" And then I showed him a picture of a little girl playing with the snake. Yeah. I'm like, "See? That's a taught. That's learned. It's just you know, sometimes people have experiences in their lives, or they see things on a movie or something like that, and it yep. affects their opinion of that thing forever, and they're scared of it. You." just expressed total fear of snakes without understanding why, even though I'm showing you here's a girl half your yep. age that's totally cool with this thing. And, and a lot of it's ingrained because um, mm-hmm. you'll see it. And I, I actually literally, when I do a, an educational program um, at the schools and whatnot, and a lot of times the parents are there, I have I, I go through our rules and I'm like, you know, if, if everybody can stay calm, you know, if you've got any questions, raise your hands, stay in your roles, blah, blah, blah. And I have to tell the parents, and I'm like, this is the rule I have for the parents, and I'm going to bring out some animals that are going to make you uncomfortable. But you've got to play it off like you're not scared. And I I tell people that. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, your kids are going to look to how you react. Mm -hmm. I said, if you don't want me around you with an animal, you can, you know, do this. You can just say, stay back. I'm not comfortable. I said, I'm not going to force them on you. I'm not going to call you out. I said... But if you stay calm and let your kids enjoy these, they will not develop the same fear that you mm-hmm. do. And they're like, okay, well. And I, I say, no. I say, you can see it. I said, if you give me a room full of preschoolers through high school seniors, I said, 
95% of those preschoolers will touch every single animal I bring out. By the time I get back to those high school seniors, they're scared to death. Half mm -hmm. of them won't want anything to do with those animals. Mm -hmm. And it's not even directly necessarily as parents that we're telling our kids to be afraid. Mm -hmm. But more so... Um, the stimuli that we have in everyday life, you know, we, we see movies with, we know, with anaconda and stuff, you know, or giant, <laughs> anaconda's giants, classic. giant snakes one. eating people, you yeah. know, you have Lake Placid, stuff mm -hmm. like that. People are scared. Um, and that, or, you know, even, even in the news, you know, giant spider stalks man through his house and it's a jumping spider that mm -hmm. can't even fit out a dime. Um, but then you have something like, oh, look at this cute puppy. Because, Instinctively, we're told, you know, we start to hear this out um, external stimuli mm -hmm. that tells us, be scared of this, be scared of this, be scared of this. Mm -hmm. And what I try to explain to people is that we have a natural caution of animals. If you take a baby around a snake, that baby will grab a snake. Mm -hmm. If you take a baby around a cow that so many people think is cute, Kids are terrified of cows. Really? Yeah. Well, because just it's size. Because it's, it's a giant. It's it is a, so yeah, big it is and massive. A, it is a giant animal. Mm -hmm. Horses are the same way. They'll jerk back. They won't mm -hmm. want anything to do with them. And then mom and dad will reach over and pet them and love on them and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but and they're not, like, yeah. okay, you know what? Maybe it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. But then mom and dad, I got a ball python in my hand that sits at the palm of my and hand. And it's the opposite. And the parents are like, don't fucking touch that. That's terrifying. And the baby's like, oh, well. Oh, it's scary? I didn't know. Yep. <laughs> like they, yeah, they have to be taught that kind of thing in order. It's like that with lots of stuff, and I don't think people realize it. Yeah. You know, like I mean, even fuck, even food. My kid, man, I won't even let him. I won't let him. I won't let him not try something. Yep. He has to try it at least. Yep. And oftentimes, it's something that I don't like, and I'm over here like this, like, oh my god, yeah, he's trying you're trying it. to That's hide fucking it. Gross. <laughs> yeah. It's like me <laughs> with broccoli and my dog. And he'll yeah, and he'll try it, and he's like, oh, I don't like that. I'm like, oh, thank God, dude, that is gross. I think that's disgusting too. But but I still like he's got to try it, and it's the same thing where it's like I don't tell him that I don't like something before yep. he tries it. And it's the yep. same kind yep. of it's yep. the same thought process there where it's like I don't want him to know that I don't like it because that might change his opinion on things and I think that it's really important for kids to be able to have an adult behind them to reference but to form their own opinions on things and animals is definitely one of those things that you see like you said lots of adults are more scared of these animals than well, kids are and even the problem is is that you we see it um, you know even our generation there's no outreach programs anymore with, with animals, like mm -hmm. what I do. And, and then it's, it's very sad. One of the saddest moments I've had since I've opened this company was I reached out to a teacher who I had done uh, a program or a classroom the year before, and she said, oh, no, I'm not teaching animals this year. Oh, man. I'm like, how but... the fuck don't you teach animals? I'm like, you know, I'm not telling you to do a six-month seminar. Yeah, I'm not I'm teaching like, this animals this year. Seems hour. like a very weird thing. At any level of at any level, really. I'm like, I'm, I'm come animals. in and do a one hour. No, program. we don't do math anymore. Sorry, <laughs> we don't do math here. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what do you mean? There's animals fucking everywhere. History? There's animals all over the world. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? You're not teaching animals? Exactly. That's, that's, I was just blown away, and we've gotten so far away from it. Um, and people, I mean, you have people who are just you're getting away from farther and farther from nature. And because of that, you give less and less of a shit about it. Mm -hmm. 
and mm-hmm. that's that's the hardest part. And the best example I can use in this this irritates me so much. People say this, they'll be online and they'll be like, "Well, we don't need zoos anymore. We have the internet." Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, but if that's the truth, I would just need <laughs> pictures of like the Grand Canyon to really, like, gr- uh, yeah. Well, the best example <laughs> I use in that is I'll tell people, you know, um, and I'll do a live example. Let people say it to me live. I'm like. You, what's your favorite food? They're like, oh, you know, chocolate cake. And I'll put a picture of cake. That look good to you? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're going to sit here and watch me eat fucking cake. And I'm going to pull up a picture for you because it's the same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just look at this picture and it's the same thing. You're experiencing this cake, yeah, right? You know, Fully. And, that, and, that's, and that's the incredible thing about animals um, and even zoos and stuff like that is that it stimulates all of, all of your senses. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's smell, it's sight, it's touch, it's hearing, and it makes it real. It makes you want to give a shit. Yeah, it's true. And you don't see that. And the people who don't care are the ones that are like, well, I have the internet. Well, fucking wonderful. <laughs> but it's only well, so much of it, yeah. You, don't you know what, man? After, honestly, sitting here listening to you, I mean, because, like, super interesting. You have a really good story to tell. Um, obviously, like, extremely knowledgeable about all the animals. Obviously, you're going through, like, some issues uh, where you need to raise funds and trying to get back on your feet and, like, also doing something different. You're talking about the Internet. And, like, all I can literally think of here is, like, putting a fucking camera in a lemur cage and having, like, a lemur Twitch stream, dude. And I'm, like, I'm not even, like, I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm, like, not even kidding. No, I, I no it's true. Like actually, you, I was going to totally do I was that. Actually gonna, I was going to talk to him about that after the podcast. Like, listen, if you thought about, you know, if you thought about when you do this, maybe I can come over, we can set up some live things. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah. I, I was literally just thinking it, like, before when we were talking about, you know, it's like, all right, maybe I'll pitch this to him off to the I've, side. I've, yeah. I've done other... I've already made a Twitch page for him. <laughs> I've, I've done... <laughs> other video podcasts um where i i broadcasted live from mm-hmm. animal cages and see that was the other i thought originally i was like well i'll probably have you on more than once because at first i was asking chris i was like yeah should i ask him to bring any animals i was like i bet yeah, you he, i bet you he I might i was like i bet animals, you he might man. bring some animals sometime but yeah that's why i was like in the future though we can actually like set you up with ways to to do this stuff which would be a good marketing tool for the zoo yeah. You know, it's not, it, 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 ser- it serves a double purpose as an educational tool. So whoever watches it is going to learn something, but it also functions as a marketing tool because you're getting yourself out there. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing because, I, like, when we originally, you know, I told them originally when we took that trip to D.C. that I, it wouldn't be bad to do a show where we visit these private zoos with him as the host because he's personable. Um, when we were walking through this zoo, I had all of these questions and I didn't have to ask them because any question that I thought of in my head, Brendan would just naturally ask. It felt like I was walking around on a documentary. Like it, like it's what felt like was happening at the time and that he was the host. And I was like, oh, well, all I need to do is turn on a camera and a microphone and follow him and cut this together and it's worth it because you are you know you're good you're good talker you're a good educator and i think that uh i think that you could definitely uh stand to expand the reach of your message through these it's it's actually it's actually interesting you brought that up um Mm -hmm. before covid hit back in february i had i had talked to seven or eight different zoos um because as we said at the beginning of this we get animal people get attacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's insane. If mm-hmm. you if you if you can ever sit down with an animal person and actually talk to them, um, not not me as much because mm-hmm. I don't really have any. I don't know if it's called a trigger species, 
I don't have elephants. I don't have big cats. Yeah, trigger species. This um, <laughs> makes sense. I've never heard that phrase before. That animal it, triggers me. It <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. But I have a friend named Felicia, mm-hmm. and uh, she grew up with lions and tigers. She has gotten death threats since mm-hmm. she was 15 years old. Well, no, that was one of the first things that we saw was when we... Um, when if you even if you go back into the comment section now, that picture of me with the wallaby, I, we have a friend from I Australia, and that. she was really upset with the fact that we had a wallaby in Michigan and all of that. And I remember, I mean, we're still friends to this day and stuff like that. She's still cool, but I remember her being, and I've heard that that's a normal thing, though, that Australians in general get kind of perturbed when they see their wildlife <laughs> and elsewhere. Well, they must be and pissed been- about bearded dragons then. Fuck. <laughs> Well, and, and in their defense, it's because you do have people who exploit them. Mm-hmm. And that's usually who gets the the most attention on screen. That, yep, that, yep, you're is right. That, mm-hmm. Because that gets the clicks. Mm-hmm. You know, local jackass brings Tiger to bar. <laughs> yep, exactly. You know, yeah. that's, that's much more click. Just to tie it all in. <laughs> that's much more click worthy than guy with a brain sits down and explains to you for 45 minutes yeah. why you shouldn't have a tiger but then at the end you actually get to see him interact with these animals people don't want to see that they nah, want to see yeah. somebody get their arm ripped off yep that's true and oh. uh but um anyway as i said t- i talked to these keepers and i said you know i i said i brought up your idea i said i want to make a documentary mm. i said but i don't want it to be done from a sensationalized point of view. Because that's yeah. what Tiger King was meant to do. Yes, exactly. Tiger- and that's the difference. Is, I think the difference mm-hmm. is, is that if you have somebody like you to, ho- to be the host of these episodes, then it's as, it is about the animals. Um, but there's a difference between something being character-driven and sensationalized. Tiger King was a little bit of both. And I think that you can do something that explains and shows you. like Because generally speaking, the people that run these zoos... They're characters. They're not like normal fucking oh, office oh, working no. people. You, you, you yeah. can't be. You yeah. can't be. And I think there's a way to get across how interesting these people are without sensationalizing it to the extent yep. of like a Tiger King or something And, and like that was that. the problem that you had with that is if you go back and watch Tiger King a second time, how little they focused on the animals. Mm-hmm. As like you get, it was the characters, but it wasn't talking about, you know. The animals The, the animals themselves yeah. doing anything, you know, mm-hmm. was... You know, Joe did this, and Carol did this, and so-and-so so got pissed. I feel like part of the reason they didn't focus on the animals is because those people, none of them were the best with the... There weren't good animal people to focus on here. No, God, so I think no, by no. I think that I think that by extension of focusing on how shitty these people are, they could focus on how shitty these people were for the animals themselves. And the problem becomes that everybody thinks that we're all that way now. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why and we need something on the opposite end of that to show people, like, hey, there are lots of people such as yourself doing great work for animals and and these animals are doing great things you know as far as helping to educate people so that you know we can continue to fight for these animals in their natural habitats yeah and, and honestly that's the ideal um because i'll get a lot of the time people get get into it with me on the internet and they're like oh you own animals so therefore you're you're just out of this and i don't i'll i'll be blatantly honest in a perfect world what i do wouldn't have to exist mm-hmm. i wouldn't have to educate people people would understand people would leave shit alone mm-hmm. and because they don't because they don't want to it's i have to teach people that i have to say look you know what don't kill spiders don't kill snakes this is why tigers can't survive in the wild i mean tigers are a perfect example you get in the comments of anything mm-hmm. well they're better off in the wild where we have we have reduced 
them to 10% of their natural habitat, of their, mm-hmm. of their native land. Mm-hmm. 10 fucking percent. Mm-hmm. And the equivalency of 10% is you living in your bathroom your entire life. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that it's all pocketed. Um, and the perfect example is you brought up cheetahs earlier. We actually have better genetic diversity in cheetahs in captivity than there is in the wild because their populations are so broken up. Mm-hmm. Um, because people don't understand that, you know, the wild is, I, I guess the best example would be maybe locals listening, would be if we had a population of just white-tailed deer that lived in Michigan Center, Mm-hmm. And then a population of white-tailed deer that lived in Albion. But they never. They couldn't cross. Mm-hmm. So you would have genetic bottlenecking. So you'd have everything inbreeding, inbreeding, everything. So they're in the wild, but eventually they're going to die because they're running out of resources. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to diversify genetically. And people don't get that. And it's at the end of the day, um, or another, another perfect example of it is, is uh, everybody wants to talk about the wild. But it's the wild on the other side of the world. Yeah, but it's never the wild locally or... Yeah. You know, it's, well, tigers should be free. Well, have you asked people in India if they want more <laughs> fucking tigers? Yeah, don't they, like, yeah, run off with babies and stuff? Yeah, just start releasing them all to India. And, they'll well, be so like, I, they'll start having words with us. They're there, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> you know, it, and it's that shit. And it's like, it's out of sight, out of mind. And I'll, I'll ask people, you know, well, they're better off. Like, oh, you mean when they're shot? Yeah, where they're poached, where they're, you know, and stuff like that. And I think that's one thing that people, I don't know, I, and it can be like that with anything, where people don't really see, you know, people don't see the whole picture. Yeah, it's you out know, of it's, sight, out of mind. Yeah, it's it's not even necessary. It's, these people think that uh, these people think that they have the right opinion. That's the problem is they, like, like I said earlier, the road to hell paved with the best intentions. Oh, and these yeah. people think that they're well-intentioned, but unfortunately, as with anything, it takes some education to have those intentions properly guided and that's again one of the things that you know one of the places where you come in and you're able to do a really really good job with that is just educating people from a young age and i think that what you're doing now is definitely going to help with that in this area specifically um but more so than that like i said if we can give you a platform to do it i think that you should do a little bit more because aside from the fact that like you said, they're not teaching animals in school. We're not really you teaching be it doing on that tomorrow, TV anymore. Man, yeah. <laughs> We're not teaching it on TV anymore. And more than that, that's not how people are consuming media anymore. I think we should definitely, over the next couple of months before the zoo gets going, have a conversation about how to better uh, get the message out and stuff like that and how we could do that on a couple of levels in addition to locally. Well, and, and honestly, what I would love to do... Um, and, I, and I'll be as, as good as I am with the animals. I am technologically completely illiterate. Yeah, that's why I said I would go ahead and have oh, you help yeah. out with that. And he sat down in here and he was like, "Wow, man, this is really, really legit." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> like halfway, not quite, but enough." Um, I want to document the, the the entire process of what we're doing here. I want I want people to see us putting the cement down for mm-hmm. the barns. I want to see the barns going up. I want to see them watching us go to the different places and picking up animals, taking the animals in, mm-hmm. building the enclosures. I want to make this as transparent as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I even said, before we announced, I said, when I, was, I had started to hint at opening the park, and I had said, when we open it, I'm going to put a sign up, 
And it's going to be, thank you for coming today. If there's any issues before you leave this park, stop and talk to management. Mm -hmm. Please do not go home and post an opinion online. And in today's day and age, people are afraid of that. People. It's the thing is, is that they're not going to get any clout from that. There's no, oh, there's oh, nothing, yeah. there's nothing to be gained from that. And people are more interested in that than anything, unfortunately, in most cases. Oh, yeah. Is there's not much, to, there's not as much to be gained from the conversation itself. And I, and I honestly don't. But my my thought is, is that if if we can get a hold of it, and I can put that on there. It, you, even if you can get two or three who are like, oh, shit, he's calling me out because he knew I was going to do this. Mm -hmm. And if I see it on Facebook, um, and I've had it happen before, you know, we'll, be, we'll do newspaper articles and stuff, and uh, people will bash us in there. And they don't expect the owner to show up. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, oh, hi, you know, I, I, I saw your comment. I own this place. What exactly am I doing wrong that you think would do better? They instantly shut the fuck up. No, most people do. That's because oh, nobody wants it. To, nobody wants to actually. I don't know. Obviously, there are people that are going to have trouble with confrontation in general and feel like that's oh, a yeah. confrontation. And, and, I'm, but, and, they, and they don't know you. That's the other thing is if, if you if you knew Brendan, if, if there was ever any uh, more as much or more so than any other friend I've ever had, if there's ever a problem, I can be like, hey, Brendan, this bothers me. And you are going to respond positively to that. That's the exception more so than the expectation nowadays so and it's sad but true people people show up by response they're ready for a gunfight <laughs> exactly and uh, mm -hmm. i've actually had people say that to me um you know as far as talking to them about zoos and everything and they, they seem to sway to my way of thinking of it because they're like you know you were professional you didn't come in and scream at me mm -hmm. you didn't tell me well you're stupid yeah i'm right you're wrong and I've been able to go, you know, because of your professionalism, this and this and this. But they'll come at me, you know, sideways. Like, all right, let's let's roll. You you do it. And I'll give you an interesting example. I did a podcast probably four months ago mm -hmm. about uh, circuses because I put something about how circus animals are abused. And everybody seems to think they are. And it's this whole big thing. And this, this girl I've been friends for a long time, Facebook comes at me. And she's like, oh, I'm going to tell you right now that they are. She's like, and I'll debate you live on Facebook. Said, right. <laughs> live. Mono y mono. <laughs> Maybe you should start doing that, too. That'll be a different page we start where Finn just debates people live. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I said, all right, great. I said, let's do this. And uh, she went on, you know, the first five minutes. And she was, you know, she was picking at me because I was like, oh, I don't know how to get on Facebook live. And I could see her talking. <laughs> But I couldn't respond <laughs> visually, so I was typing comments, and I was like, I'm sorry, I can't figure it out. I don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, he says he's technologically illiterate. Maybe that's why he's demanding proof of animals of being abused. And I'm like, no, I'm demanding it because I know it doesn't exist. And I'm really <laughs> sitting here typing the comments as she's reading them. And, uh, it doesn't help that Facebook has got a big delay between oh, that. There's God, a lag. That was the worst That's part. part of the reason why I'm on Twitch now and not Facebook. It, honestly, Twitch isn't really all that cool. But if Facebook got if Facebook got rid of the 15 seconds of latency, I would probably go back to Facebook streaming instead of Twitch. But Facebook is shit just because there's 15 seconds between someone typing a comment and you getting it um, in chat. So she's sitting there talking to me about this and. Uh, we sat there for an hour. We went back and forth on circus issues. Every single point she brought up, 
I refuted. Mm. She made a couple solid ones in there. I said, you know what? I hadn't thought of that before. I don't know. I'll have to look deeper into it. I'm not going to say you're wrong, but, you know, I can't disprove you on that. By the time this podcast gets done, she texts me and she goes, it'll be up in a couple of days. She deleted it. <laughs> See, that's the, other, that's the other thing, though, is like that's part of the reason why we're not necessarily doing this live is because it's distracting doing a live podcast when you get someone... Like, this whole thing could have been thrown off just by someone deciding they wanted to fight with us oh, in the yeah. chat <laughs> yeah, about yeah, the stuff that you're saying. And no, stuff. no, no, I understand, but, but it wasn't even that. Like, so, so we were ignoring comments just going back and forth with it. And uh, she's very prideful. So I And I didn't call her out on it ever, but the podcast never made it on, on air because you could literally tell that she had, she'd come in with this argument. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to kick his ass. There's no <laughs> way he's going to change my mind. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And by the time we were done, you could tell that literally you could see the gears turning that she was like, holy shit. Yeah, well, maybe these things are correct. Yeah, Maybe, and I- maybe he's right, and uh, she never posted it because it, was, it went against everything she argued. <laughs> And that just looked bad for her the whole time. And I think that's the problem. I think that one of the things we do here is if that, if that were ever to occur, I would make sure it get posted. Because I think it's important that you show people that your opinion is, that you can change your opinion when you're presented the right information. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's the mark of an intelligent person. It's liberating. Person. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's liberating. That's a great way to put it. It's very liberating to be like, you know what? I was wrong. And thank God, because now I know I can be right. Like you know, like yeah. I, you know, like oh God, I'm glad that's over. And now I don't have to look like an idiot about this anymore. And that's I, I tell people every day. I say, I'm wrong about <laughs> shit every day, and I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. It's you, everybody is, and it's how you handle that dictates how you're going to how successful you're going to be. I think in life. The more the more you learn, the less you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I mean, honestly, dude, we're coming up on the two-hour mark. I think this is a good time to go ahead and uh, start to close it up in. I wanted to let you know very much more so than almost anybody that I've known my whole life, I am incredibly proud of you. I'm incredibly proud of everything that you've accomplished. I tell everybody I have known tons and tons of people in my life, and I knew tons of kids when I was a kid. And he is the only person I knew that looked me in the eyes and told me what he was going to do when he was a child and is doing it now. And, and yeah, I respect I, you, you for that, brother. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, there's, I, you, you know, that I could not be any more proud of anybody that I grew up knowing. So I want to I want to thank you a whole lot for being the first guest on here and everything. Oh, um, I loved it. Thank uh, you guys. Once again, Wild World Adventures. We're gonna put all of his links. Um, if you can help out at all with the GoFundMe or anything like yeah. that, we're gonna put those links in the comments so you can go ahead and uh, and uh, help with the fundraising efforts for the uh, Wild World was the biology the bio Wild World Biodiversity bio Center. Yeah, wow, Biodiversity man. Center. Yeah, right, yep. we're, we're selling T-shirts and. Uh, we put it on Facebook. Anybody who buys a T-shirt um, before we open the park and they wear it opening weekend, you get half-price admission and early admission. So you're the first people to see the brand-new park. Um, and, and even if you can donate a dollar, I know how, how bad COVID's hit everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, even a dollar, it all adds up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I said, that's what I said to my wife. I said, you know, 15,000 people donate a dollar. Mm-hmm. I said, we could have this up. And I said, I said to her, I said, if 70,000 people donate a dollar, we can buy your damn giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it's been absolutely great having you on and being able to talk about this stuff and getting to talk to you with a bunch of stuff. Ask you a bunch of questions I haven't actually gotten to ask you. I've always wanted to ask you, but haven't yeah. necessarily had like a reason to ask you or anything like that. 
Um, and so I appreciate you being able to come on, and I um, hopefully we can uh, we can um, catch up with you here in a couple of months and see how things are going yeah, after the zoo's all built. Definitely, I'd love to be. I back want to on. see you on Twitch, man. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a whole conversation you guys in that lemur cage. In that lemur cage. <laughs> you guys tell me how to do that. We'll make it happen. I will. Get, we'll, we'll get it all set up with you, and it'll just be a push of a button situation. <laughs> yeah, right? perfect. That's what I need. You probably going to tell me where the button is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure it's big and red. Just Let's so do that. Let's do that. Let's do that.